Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success eCourse. And today I'm with, of course, the lovely Belinda Weaver. Surprise, surprise. I'm Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter as well and I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass. Now, you have tuned in to part two of our two-parter all about marketing your business, six simple ways to market your business, part two. So today, we're going to carry on giving you our top tips for getting your business out there, staying top of mind, and winning potential customers. Now, just before we jump in, Kate, should we do a little quick recap on the first three just to tease people to go back an episode maybe? Yeah, yeah. So, if you missed them, uh, in our previous episode, we covered branding, which was kind of awesome, Uh, all about your logo. We covered, what else did we cover, Belinda? Social, social media. Yeah, and networking. And networking is a great segue into the first topic that we're going to talk about today. And that is events. Sorry, I had a bit of a pause there, didn't I? I lost my train of thought, which sometimes happens on our podcast, but we just keep on trucking. So we are going to talk about events. Now, you might think events and networking are the same thing, but I guess the distinction that we would draw is that networking is kind of more small. Um, It's more where you are literally going to stand in a room with other business people and make connections, whereas events are more like big events, like where you're going to see a big speakers at a conference or you're having a big workshop Um, but it could also be events like live streaming running webinars um, and you know even having a scheduled video tutorial Um, can we think of any other big events Belinda? (laughs) Well I think you know events don't I would say they don't have to be big it's more that you're doing the presenting that's how I think of it. Oh okay so I was thinking that um you could also be an audience member, I guess, although as an audience member, you do um, network as well. But yeah, I think I think the, the distinction I would draw is that, you know, like a, a small 20 people in the room and then a giant event. But maybe you're right. Maybe that distinction is not the right one. And I think, um, you know, so putting yourself in the position of power, if we take that as the differentiator. So you are the presenter. You are the person running the web webinar, the live stream, the workshop. Like That's a big step for lots of copywriters to take and it might be a step that you don't want to take Uh, it might be something that you're just not interested in doing you don't want to go out there and present in front of people Um, but if you do um, it can be hugely powerful for your business and really help establish you as an authority in your industry and obviously this podcast is for copywriters but we know that we get a lot of other small business types listening to the show which is awesome we love that thank Uh you Um, you. (laughs) so it helps establish you as an authority even as a copywriter it could help establish you as an authority in a particular type of writing or in a particular industry but it can be a super intimidating idea especially as a beginner um so yeah i like it but it's been um a evolution as everything is so i'll I'll share a few um thoughts and experiences on my event thing and then belinda will share some of hers um so for me I think I've done a lot of in-person workshops where I have run them. So I ran a series of SEO workshops in Sydney and Melbourne. um, And that was very hard work. 
um, not just getting people along. I did, that was great. I got lots of people along and, you know, they were lucrative. But standing up in front of a room full of people for eight hours presenting is seriously exhausting. I felt like I felt very drained afterwards. Like I was knocked out for two or three days. I can imagine. Yeah, I was going to say I've never done a full day. I've mm -hmm. always done two or three hours, maybe four hours. But yeah, yeah, the idea of doing it for a full day makes my brain hurt. Yes. And I mean, in retrospect, I should have had, like, you know, other speakers coming in. And so now more um, what I do is obviously I have an online course, which is a kind of event. So, um, you know, obviously there is a deal there of, of presenting to the members of the students. I do a coaching call every week for the uh, recipe course. And for my copywriting community, we have uh, a new little thing, which is very cute. We all enjoy it. It's a coffee morning so every second week we all get together and we have a coffee online and we donate uh, the price of a coffee to the one girl um foundation and it's a free thing but we all just chit chat so that's the kind of presenting as well oh i love um, that yeah, it's fun. We just do half an hour. Everyone says hi. Everyone talks about what they're doing this week. It's a bit chaotic, but it, it's a fun thing to do and a nice way for me to kind of connect with the members of my little group. Um, and then I guess the next thing that is, is speaking at proper events. So, you know, this year I've spoken at Big Digital. I'm about to go. Gosh, this is terrifying, Belinda. I don't know if I told you, but tomorrow, no, Friday, I'm off to a four-day business retreat where Whoa. I'm on I know we're like humans for like four days because when you say retreat that's way more personal that's like oh, we're getting up and having breakfast different. together yeah I, think I had to buy new pajamas that's yeah. how bad it was <laughs> Um, that so would that, be the that, first thing I would buy it totally was and I'm gonna have to like shave my legs and stuff and try and look cute. And then I'm speaking at We Are Podcast in October. Um, so if you are in the Gold Coast on the 5th of October, feel free to come and meet me for a beer. I will be posting about that on my Facebook page. But yeah, so those are speaking gigs. You know, you're in front of a big room full of people. Um, they're great, super great for networking, super great for building your social media following, getting people on your email list. But absolutely terrifying at the same time. What are your? What's your experience, Belinda? Well, my experience in presenting at events are probably in a bit more low key but I found that people just kind of con started contacting me and go can you come and talk about copywriting to this group and I'd be like oh yes of course I can and then I shit myself and then I put it together <laughs> but once I actually started doing it I realized that once I realized I was fine once I got started talking so it was the terror leading up to standing up but then once I started talking about something I really enjoyed talking about, which is copywriting, duh. Um, I, I did quite well. And that was when I started realizing that it was something that I was quite good at and that people responded well to me. And then the event started getting a little bigger. So I haven't done a big presentation, but I've done presentations with the Australian Business Women's Network, now her business, and now doing my own presenting. But starting small helped me build the confidence um, and then started building up. But I have to admit, when I first was told, when I first started Copyright Matters and it was like, start doing events, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can see the logic of what you're talking about, but there's no way in hell am I going to do that. So it's, it's a real confidence thing. Yeah, I think it totally is. And I think, you know, they get, they get bigger, they get they get more well known and I don't know I don't know if it's something that I'll ever fully love like you know obviously there's a progression once you've 
you've got your site and you've done your podcast and maybe you've written a book or whatever that the next thing to do is go on the speaker circuit and almost be permanently on the speaker circuit and I know that you and I know a few people who are you know speak at every event you know and we mentioned Valerie Koo in the previous uh, show and people like Adam Franklin and Robert Garish from Flying Solo and Darren Rouse who's pictures up at every event I seem to go to do you know what I mean and then you've got Anne Handley and all those kind of yes on the international circuit on the international circuit and and um the lovely Amy Harrison as well who we um talked to on the show um and you know they those guys I I would guess probably doing a couple events a month um and that's obviously a big commitment um especially if you've got a young family like Belinda and I both have um and also it might not just might not be for you but I think starting small is key uh even if you can like get five of your clients in a room and do a little mini workshop or um, you know speak to a local group you know there are lots of groups not just um, I think it was business chicks you mentioned that there's business in heels and her business and lots of mumpreneur style groups that often have little lunches um, and you can go along to those and be a little speaker obviously you probably won't get paid um, a lot of these events you know the, the, the fee is in the reward of you turning up um, but yeah they can be powerful um, so there are often opportunities people are often looking for good speakers um, and I think what I would suggest is building up your confidence online if you're not comfortable going live on a Facebook live video you're not going to be comfortable standing up in front of 20 people I'm sorry you're just not so build up your confidence online first get that good vibe from people saying nice things and then go out into the real world yeah I think but I think the the payoff of putting your big girl pants on and doing this kind of stuff, if you can get photos of yourself presenting to a room, that's kind of marketing gold in terms of credibility. Yes, so the, and authority. Yeah, and authority and things like that. So, you know, it's really, really good for those credibility and authority building um, parts of your marketing. And I, my tip is, is absolutely like your start small. Local council groups are another great place where, you know, you, you might not feel very confident when you compare yourself to very experienced copywriters if you're just starting out, but you sure as hell know more than, say, a couple of business owners in a room more often than not. So remind yourself that if someone's asked you or there's an opportunity to talk to a small group of people, business owners in your area, you can share stuff that will really, really help them. And you usually will know way more than the people that you're talking to. So just get out there and do it. And the actual practicing the face-to-face stuff, I think your Facebook tip is, um, but all the, the online tip is fantastic. But the benefits from a confidence point of view and from you get from public speaking is huge so it's definitely worth doing even if it terrifies you yeah I think a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome and that they don't have the creds to go and stand in front of a room full of people but and you know I think we've all gone through that but one thing that um, I sort of hold with me is the worst thing that can happen is someone asks you something that you don't know or they question something you've said and you just don't have a response so I think it's good to you know have a few stock responses ready um, and the one that I, my go-to one is that's a really interesting question I'd like to take that away and think about that a little bit more how about we connect after this event and we can chat more you know um so and or honestly just saying you know what honestly i don't know the answer to that i'll go and research that and, and dig into it and um you know come back to you that's fine you're not meant to be some omnipotent god who knows everything about the subject you're just giving your perspective um and i think that's enough you know that, that's all you need to do so that's events i like events i like the free food at events that's why I like <laughs> 
it's a perfect I look at events as the perfect excuse for me to eat cake really because there's always cake I didn't think you eated cake. Eat oh. it? Did I just say eat it? it oh did. My let's let's move along. I don't think anyone noticed. Okay, yeah, but good. I have a paleo, paleo rule that I don't have to be paleo when I go somewhere else. I love rules like that. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> really great rule. Yeah, so um, the next thing I wanted to cover was content marketing, which is a big one because basically if you haven't heard about content marketing, where have you? been. This is all about being using content to be helpful, to share your knowledge, to share your insight, helping customers maybe before they become customers and basically getting people to trust you as an authority. And, you know, if you want to have a voice, if you want to be the copywriter people know and trust, you have to have a presence in various forms and that could be online and offline. But this is all about More often than not, this is an online thing. You're creating content like blog posts, social media posts, checklists, guides, cheat sheets, reports. You know, it's memes, it's infographics, it's all these kind of things that you can create will help customers see you as an authority and help them trust you and the things that you tell them. And that is the fast track to getting people to give you money for your services. So there's all types of content that you can create, um, but the underlying principle is giving stuff away freely. And my my this is my favorite marketing technique, actually, because, you know, we talked to Jesse Forrest about kind of the ickiness around sales and how everyone has this kind of misconception about what sales need to be. And I've always found content marketing is the nice way out where you get to be helpful, you get to give it away. And every time, the more I give away in terms of content and, and, and my knowledge and experience, the more I get back. And I'm talking about financially, the more I get back in return. So I really like content marketing. It puts effort in into create but I think it's totally worth it what about you Kane yeah I mean I'm I'm obsessed with content marketing it's pretty much all I spend my time doing uh, these days is just making stuff writing content creating videos uh, tutorials checklists as you said making little memes I love it I find it very creative um, and I like being able to sort of do whatever I want to do um, it is hard to measure that's the only thing I think people struggle with you know so um, for example we've, we both just uh, we're about, well I'm about to close my recipe course and you've closed your copywriting mastermind which was a sellout congratulations thank you very much dear I know you're going to sell out too Yes, well, I have a, I have a bigger group than you, so it's a bit harder for me to sell out. But uh, I'm nearly there. I've got like two or three spots left. But um, you know, the run up to that course, I don't do a whole lot of actual advertising, advertising. So I don't pay. I, you know, about a week before, I might do a little bit of Facebook ads, a little bit of Google AdWords. But that's it. I don't do anything all year other than that. Everything else, every person that comes to that course has found it by my content marketing, by my videos, my groups, my emails. And the same with you, Belinda, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's actually, it goes back to the things we mentioned in part one. It's giving you stuff you can share on social that helps you start a conversation, that helps make networking easier, which builds a relationship, which turns into business. It's all working together. But but it just, it's, um, it doesn't feel as salesy. And I know 
a lot of the people who say sign up to my course, they they feel like they already know me, which is a really nice way yeah. to begin a learning experience. But I think it's, you know, our courses aren't cheap, you know, there are cheaper courses out there, people. But, um, you know, especially if you're going to ask people to spend big dollar with you, whether it's on a copywriting project um, or on a course like for Belinda and I, you do need to like the person. You do need to like their vibe, their style, their tone, their brand. And the only way you're going to know that is if you've seen lots of their stuff. Um, because you know, I'm sure Belinda won't mind me saying this and same goes for my course. There are millions of courses out there. Why would anyone pick ours over anyone else's? It's because we've done the things we talked about in episode one of this pod and episode two. We've put in the hard yards. I don't think we could have started day one with a copywriting course. You know, you have to build up that kudos, that authority and that relationship through marketing. Um, and that allows you to kind of have have these opportunities whether it's that you want to stay in the world of copywriting and just get bigger and bigger clients or do more interesting work or you want to branch off and have products or services that are kind of related to what you do but I think you know it, it takes time but it's worth it in the end you might not see the sales funnel working but yeah, it does absolutely. work absolutely and end. I find that I often get asked well well I shouldn't create something that's so good I need to hold something back no 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 give it your best stuff away because what happens is people a small percentage like say you write this really awesome blog post that I know Kate has pushed out recently that's going to be 3,000 plus words about creating courses but you know it's so packed with value that some people will take away Kate's advice and create their own and that's fine and the same if you write a copywriting blog some people will take the advice that you've given them and they will implement it but they're not your target market and you don't have to worry about them a majority of people will go oh that's harder than I thought it was gonna be I need to hire someone to do that for me that's it and I think you know your freebie needs to be better than somebody else's paid thing that's what someone oh, said nice. to me so I've got a little a little anecdote here that I'd like to share, which is about my 10-day uh, SEO challenge. So I created um, essentially, I guess, a free course. Yeah, it was a 10-day challenge where you can do a little task each day, um, and it came with an ebook, and there was an email, there was videos, there was a group, and I gave it away. And I gave it away. It was so popular. I think 1,500 plus people took it when it was free. And it was, you know, people raved about it. It really helped get my name on the map in terms of being an SEO copywriter, an SEO person. And then, but it, but as you said, you know, the conversion rate from that was, was, was pretty good, but it wasn't amazing. Yeah. And so what I then did is I've changed it to be a low cost course. So now it's about $24 or something like that. Um, it's still super cheap. Um, but and my approach there was that people who are good, most people who are going to spend a thousand dollars on the course, if they're not willing to spend twenty dollars on a mini course, then they're never going to spend thousand dollars on a big course. And so then I had to create another free thing in front of the ten day challenge, so that I still had a free thing, and the free thing that I had to create still had to be really, really awesome. So it's a constant evolution. Um, but you know, all the people who did that course for free was like, I can't believe you're giving this That's away exactly for free. What you How want, isn't it? Yeah, and that's, that's excellent. I, I'm glad you can't believe it. And people, the, what people said, and this is what Belinda and I are talking about, is if your free thing is this awesome, how good must the paid thing be? You know, like that's what people came back and said. You know, I did the 10 day challenge, um, or, you know, like with Belinda, I, the, the quality of your blogs and the checklists and the things that you give away is so good 
that the real thing, the paid thing, must be awesome. And that's the vibe we're trying to get. We'll get. Um, and it's the give, 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 take approach. So, you know, maybe you give away a checklist and then you give away some tips and then you do a free video and then you do this and then you ask people to buy from you. That's, you know, we're not saying give away free stuff forever. Yeah, that's easy, but what we're but, talking about is breadcrumbs. You give awesome little yes. breadcrumbs that lead people towards your paid services or, you know, whatever you're offering. It might, you might not have a product like a course, but this is what you should be doing with your copywriting services. And people, you can give, you can tell people how to do it over and over again and they will still come back and they will pay you to do it for them. Totally. I did a, I signed up for a Facebook ads course about a year ago. I signed up, I paid for it. I've never logged in instead. But I, I, instead, I now pay the person who I bought the course from to do my ads for me. So, I love that. That's you know, exactly what goes, I would do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I felt better about paying for it, but it's like buying a running machine that then you sit sits there and you put clothes on top of it. Do you know what I mean? It's buying the thing doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do the thing. It's interesting. Anyway, we do a whole episode yeah. just on that. But before we um, finish um, content, and we want to give a couple of tips. Um, what are your tips, I would say don't be overwhelmed with what other people are doing. It's really easy to look at people, copywriters like Kate and myself and go, there are memes and videos and podcasts and live webinar things and courses and oh my God. (laughs) Don't get intimidated. Start small. Just write, create the content you can do. And I would say, you know, be on one platform and build it from there. Do like write a blog and write a really awesome blog and then diversify into slideshare decks and videos and all the other things that you can do. And we, we have to do a pod on all the things you can do with your blog once you create the content. Yes. But don't look at what other people are doing who have been doing it for longer and think that's where you have to launch at. No, and I think I think that's so true. And, and you know, you, you've always, you've said this before, and I think it's very true. Start with one platform that you enjoy being on as well. I think that's important, um, and build it from there. I think my tips would be if you really want to get on the fast track, like you you want to skip uh, some of the steps that Belinda and I went through. I would recommend going straight to video. So you know, making videos, having the transcriptions of those on your blog, sharing videos on Facebook. Um, I think that it's a quicker way. It wasn't such a big deal. God, we're sounding so old. When Belinda and I started out, it wasn't a big thing. You know, like some of the big YouTubers who are famous now did not exist when Belinda and I started out. So um, I think video is is the way forward. Um, and I then, and again, I just want to mention, um, I feel like I'm being salesy now, but I don't want to be salesy. But I think you know, creating content that gives you heaps of opportunities. So I think of that blog, that post idea, that pod idea, sorry, to do an episode where we take one piece of content and show millions of ways you can use it would be great. And that's the ethos I have with my blog less, blog better mantra, you know, that I only blog once a month, but I generate a month's worth of content from that single blog post. So I think it's being clever about the types of articles you write and, and how rich they are and spending you know, time writing one killer article or one killer blog post rather than 72 rubbish ones. That's the general ethos, yeah. and, and don't hold back. Don't hold stuff back behind a paywall. The more you give it away, the more rewards you'll get. Yeah, it's going to be a hard thing to get your head around, but it's true. And we're, we're going to finish up on my favourite, actually, my real favourite 
type of marketing, which might surprise some people because I've banged on about video. But it might, okay, maybe it's not my favorite, but without doubt, it is the most effective. Um, and we haven't touched on SEO in this um, episode. We might talk about that in another episode. I think that goes without saying. So if you're wondering why isn't Kate talking about SEO, there's a reason. Because the one we want to finish up on with is email marketing. Email marketing. I love it. It's the best. Um, why do I like it? Because although everyone hates getting spammy emails, if you can get into someone's inbox and can get your email read, it's hugely powerful. Um, and there's, you know, there's lots of different ways you can attack, attack email marketing. So most people sort of think as, you know, a newsletter once a month filled with stuff. But there are other options. You can do autoresponders, a welcome series. When someone signs up, they can get a series of emails offering them free things. Um, you can do uh, blogs by you're setting up an RSS feed, which automatically sends an email out every time you post a new blog. Um, and obviously then just sales emails as well. Like if you have a particular offer that you want to put forward, maybe it's a you know summer holiday copy offer, sending out a single email piece for that. But I find emails are hugely effective. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something I probably haven't really got into until quite recently. Like I used to just for many years, my RSS email, blog to email, I would just, I would, I was building my list but only the blogs were going out. I used to have a newsletter as well for some time and, and every now and then randomly I'd just email my blog list or my customer database with with some kind of special. I didn't really harness email until recently when I, when I started offering my course and I've had so much fun with it now once I actually dedicated some time into the welcome series um, I've thought of just more creative ways to stay in touch with people using email and when I get replies from emails that I've sent out I love the notion that oh like oh this feels like a genuine conversation not like a spammy email I feel that that's very rewarding for me yeah, I mean, I, I'm on your email list. I love your emails. They're very conversational and they're very useful. And even the sales emails that you send for your masterclass, they don't feel too salesy, which I think is great. Um, you know, I don't mind them because obviously if you do, like Belinda and I do, we, you know, there are periods of the year when we do need to use our email list for evil purposes to sell stuff. Um, we can't, we're not just always informing. And it's a real art to be able to do that and not lose half your list, you know, through unsubscribes uh, which can be can be tricky uh, do you find that Belinda do you find uh, uh, lots of people unsubscribing when you start trying to sell um, them things not so much but that's because I've created segments so like for my course I have a pre-launch list so I only sell my course to people who have said they want to hear about my course and like I might write a blog post about it so it goes out to all my blog subscribers but maybe just once because I feel like the people who subscribe to my blog haven't signed up to be sold at um, but the people who have signed up to the course pre-launch list they know what they're getting in for and I still try and make yeah. the emails useful and interesting and the, the, the fun I had with planning that series is thinking about the buying cycle because you know they're not going to buy off one email not unless you've invested a lot in that, to that relationship so it's thinking what are the objections that people are going to have at this point and and what are the questions yeah. people are going to have and what testimonial is going to fit here so it can be kind of fun to plan but I think segmenting your email list is really key to not have that mass evacuation. 
Yeah, I think that's true. Um, so in terms of, of tools that we use, um, I send my emails out via MailChimp. Um, I have a plugin called Bloom on my WordPress website that I use to collect email addresses. Um, very important at the moment to have a good hard think about your pop-ups on your site. Google just announced a week or so ago that they're going to start penalizing websites that display pop-ups for mobile visitors. So make sure that your plugin pop-up uh, that uh, gets your opt-in email people uh, does not show on mobiles. If you use something like Bloom, it's easy to check and uncheck that. So yeah, that's how I gather them via my um, Bloom plugin. And then they all go through to MailChimp and I, I don't segment as much as I should um, because I don't send that many emails out. The only emails I send out really are for the recipe course, which again, you know, if you've signed up for that, it's kind of clear that you're it's a course, you know, <laughs> it's a standalone course site. Um, and then, yeah, I send out a monthly mail for Kate Toon Copywriter and the Clever Copywriting School, which is kind of a magazine-y style thing with tips and bits and bobs in. And that's it really on email. I, um, yeah, I love it. I don't track it as much as I should. I just kind of do it, but it works. Well <laughs> and it. Oh my gosh. Is your hat, did your house just fall oh. down? It's like the Wizard of Oz. I'm going to go floating up into the hurricane. It's crazy windy, and there's a tree next to my little shed, and it's kind of banging oh, right. on the roof. Oh, oh, that's cool. But, yeah, yeah. Like, for me, um, email, I like to strike the balance because I get really annoyed when I sign up for, say, a checklist, which seems really useful, and all of a sudden I'm getting, like, 10 emails a day. I'm like, whoa, back yeah. off. You've got to space them out. Yeah, you've got to space them out and be tolerant and, and, you know, give people stuff and just not send too many. I think some people really, uh, I was writing an autoresponder series for a business recently and they'd been advised by the agency to send one a day for 10 days. And I was like, dude, by day three, they're gone. You know, like who's going to, who's, and, and there weren't even interesting things. They weren't, they were like, everyone was about the product. And it's like, yeah, it's too much, you know, unsubscribe. <laughs> over before it even began so um do we have any more tips on emails i think we're pretty much done do you have anything else well, you want I think to add my biggest tip around email is even if you've got a blog and the only emails you're sending out initially are just you know i'm just sending the blog out to the blog subscribers um i think you can really write a great welcome sequence because someone who's just given you your email address is invested in the relationship. They've, they've said, I'm giving up something personal and I'm giving you permission to contact me and sell to me in the future. And so I think that that's the moment you really need to harness um, and cement their, their good opinion of you. And I think the great tips around writing that welcome email is telling them what to expect like how many times are you going to email them do you send a blog once a week or once a month or once a fortnight and one thing I added to mine is a list of top resources like if you're new to the blog here are the top five blogs that everyone else seems to really dig and and I also ask a question so this is why people actually email me back is because I ask them a question and I used to say tell me your biggest copywriting frustration and I got no no replies no replies to that so now I actually send an email saying did you get the copywriting cheat sheet that 
came with the blog subscription because I just don't quite trust technology. And I get heaps of people saying, yeah, I did. Or some people now and then say, no, I didn't actually. And then we're having a conversation, you see, over email. We're cementing that relationship. And I sort of go, oh, well, here's a download link. Or I say, oh, yay, you got it. But hey, while I've got you, is there anything you really want to learn about? Because I'm always coming up with ideas for the blog. And that's, I think you can really harness that welcome sequence to cement the relationship that someone's already committed to. Yeah, I think the asking a question thing is so powerful across all types of marketing. You know, we talked about asking questions at networking events. I think you should always finish your blog post with a question for the reader that makes them have to either mentally think it or type it into the comments. I think on social media, you should be asking questions. And yeah, an email as well. Any, anything that drives a response. Yeah, lots of people won't reply, but those that do, you know, and if you do actually take the time to then reply to them, you've started a relationship. And I do the same thing. Um, and it's where, you know, many of the relationships with my students have started from that first little exchange over email. So very powerful. I, I often get people going, oh my God, I can't believe you actually replied. <laughs> like, yeah. Somebody wrote, the other, somebody wrote the other day, it's so refreshing that you invited me to reply to you in this day, days of do not reply emails. And I was like, yeah, that's how I roll. I'm awesome. Um, and we had a nice little chat. So we are done with these three tips in the second part of our six simple ways to market your business pod. We've covered off today events and content marketing and email marketing. But I think it'd be good to just finish up with one tip for the whole two-episode thing. So if you could only give everybody listening one tip, Belinda, what would it be? Um, I would say you don't have to do everything all at once. Um, I mentioned this for content, but it applies to everything else. Start with one thing, develop it, and then diversify. So that's it. Start with one thing and do it well. Yeah. And mine would be, I guess, probably a little bit cliche, but know your audience. So to your point where you have students saying, I don't like Facebook, it's if your audience is on Facebook, if your audience is on LinkedIn, you better get used to liking it pretty quickly because there's no point marketing to people who aren't there. So that's it. And uh, I think I'm finishing up the show this week and we're going to end the show with a shout out to one of our listeners. And today it's Kate Merriweather, who is a copywriter from Australia. And Kate said, I wish this podcast was around when I started freelance copywriting. It's a fun, engaging, well-timed podcast with great hosts who really know their stuff. I've been gathering plenty of hints and tips that have truly helped me improve my business. Thank you. Kate and Belinda. Thank you, Kate. And you've got a very cool name. Yeah, There's too many Kates right. going on here, but I like it. There's so many Kates. And also a big thank you to you for listening. Um, if you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Your review will help others find us. And as you can see, we'll give you a shout out on the show. And it just makes us happy. Let's be honest, everyone likes a nice review. Um, and if you also have comments on this blog post, if you've enjoyed the two-part thing, let us know about that. We're interested to know. Um, head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post. A little question which we'd love you to answer via Twitter. You can just tweet us at hotcopypod. I think that's right. I think we're Hot Copy Podcast. Um, oh, Hot Copy Podcast. There we go. I don't even know our Twitter handle. But if you can tweet us your favorite marketing style, so which of the six you most prefer doing, we'd be really interested to hear which is your favorite. And that's it for today. We're done, Belinda. Oh, Thanks thank very you, much. Kate. 
Until next time, happy writing! And we're done. See, we no way we could get this into one episode.